Chub Creek 138. Way back when, when we didn't have to think, come on in, don't be a dick. The boys on the farm didn't mean any harm. On the banks of Chub Creek. Chub Creek. Well, hello there. Saturday, uh, what date is it? Does it matter? It's 2013. Have you started to say 20 instead of 2000 yet? I think I have. At first, it, at the turn of the century, it seemed weird. Like, you know, you used to saying 19. Anyway, I'm heading out to Monocliffs, um, which is just another trail, and I'm meeting my folks there, and uh, I'm u- completely relying on Siri. Mom was trying to give me directions. <laughs> and I'm such a spoiled idiot now. I, I, don't, I can't even... I'm, li- I'm reading the direction, I'm thinking, wow, I won't remember that. I'm just going to use Siri. Siri, Siri. Siri takes me there. I won't need this. And so I was trying to get her to give me, like, pinpoint accurate GPS global coordinate directions to this very simple... And she's telling me about a yellow flashing light, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to remember that yellow flashing light. And then here it is. There's a yellow flashing light. I assume this is it, yeah. And, uh, yep, Siri's telling me to turn. It should tell me to turn. Well, it's funny. The map is telling me to turn, but nobody's talking to me. That's kind of weird. So if I wasn't... Whoa, slippery. It's very snowy. So if I wasn't paying attention, I'd a cruise right past that. Oh, it is speaking to me. Um, I don't know why that's so quiet. I'm playing a tune right now. I like it. It's called... Uh, it's called... No Till Now by Jim James. I'll try to include that in the notes. Um, finding quite a lot of cool music lately. I'm not sure. I found one that I might play on this. I don't know. Okay, where am I, map? Let's see. Five kilometers. Oh, no. So it's 10.07 right now. And I said to Mom I'd meet them at 10.15 because I knew I was going to be a bit late. Originally, it was 10. But I was uh, lazy-ass getting out of bed this morning. I woke up thinking it was the middle of the night, and it was 7.30. I couldn't believe it. So I guess I slept pretty soundly, which is good. Yeah, it's pretty snowy up here. There was a little snow falling when I left, but there wasn't accumulating. And up here, a bit north, it's it's about an hour north of where I live. It's... uh, it's kind of slushy, though. It's not really thick snow. It's just kind of... Just accumulating and kind of melty. <clears throat> so I haven't done Chub Creek in a couple of weeks because I've been feeling rough. I'm still a little bit... I've got a little bit of it. Not that much. Um, on Audio Boo, I've named myself Mucus Maximus, which I think was very appropriate. It was like a factory... A mucus manufacturing plant. Unbelievable. Okay, where are we? Got a ways to go yet. It's when you're on uh, 
little windy roads when there's a lot of snow and it's slippery you gotta be careful because you'll windy yourself right into the ditch I think I'm gonna beat them maybe not it's 10.08 I said 10.15 it's 7 minutes away so they're either right behind me or they're already there you can hear the stereo of the splashy slush on the left and the right it's making the car kind of jump around I better be careful here Oh, I've played this song before. That's, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, Climbing Walls. Strange Talk. It was kind of fun as I put together a playlist of music that I featured on the, the latest wave of Chub Creek, and uh, it's quite listenable. It was pretty good. I'm trying to make sure that I find music that I actually like. It's very tough because because um, what's tempting when you're when you're listening to amateur music and trying to find uh, something, it's very tempting. You'll hear a song because there's a lot of junk. Like no offense to all of you people like me who put out you know random music, out, put it out on the on the internet. But there is a lot, and maybe it's the type that I'm searching for, because I, I do like to search for stuff that's a little different, like um, experimental and, you know, whatever. But I, I notice that a lot of it is very, very unlistenable. You know, some of it's just almost like listening to a machine, uh, and not in a good way, you know. <laughs> and uh, so when you hear a song that's, oh, and then you hear this, something that sounds a little more structured and organized you say to yourself at first you go oh there we go but let's see if I miss my turn or not here hang on Uh, no I'm good you think oh that's that's a good song but then you realize no it's not (laughs) it's just it's a boring song but it sounds like a real song so you want to use it so it's very it's hard to keep yourself focused and make sure you're picking something that you actually like uh, and that's pretty rare I have to say it's about one one in a hundred or one in two hundred songs that I actually like so either I'm really picky or there's a lot of crap out there but uh, yeah so for fun I, it was actually a lot of work to I, I thought my I thought I was more organized because I uh, every time I make an episode um I I thought I was making sure to copy the song into my... Because I have all the Chub Creeks, all the master files all backed up and sitting on uh, in a folder. And, you know, I thought I'd been putting the songs in there and I hadn't been. It turns out I hadn't been all that organized at all. And so I had to go back and find a lot of this stuff. So, um, so I did that and I put it in a playlist on my iTunes. And so if I want to, I can just listen to the last... I don't know how many episodes I've done this last year maybe 30 or something how many is it what is this 137 I don't even know what number this is 138 so that would be almost 40 40 episodes uh, and so that's a lot of music it's kind of a cool playlist okay let's see 500 meters we're going to do a left turn apparently let's just turn the music off so that I can hear this 
voice of the of the robot. Slight left on two two line east. Alright. I wouldn't call that a left, I guess it sort of is. It's really just straight. That was a stop sign and that was sliding. Very slippery here. Continue on two line east for one kilometer. Very pretty. It's uh, a little more pristine here. Not many people have driven up this. And uh, so it's all kind of blanketed in white. It's very, very fine snow. You know, the kind that... Can you even hear me? Why is this down so much? Hello? Hello? What is that? Um, it's very fine. It's like falling flower, you know? It's really slippery. I can hardly get any traction up here. This will be kind of a cool walk. I hope the snow isn't too annoying. Last time I went out when it snowed, it was so thick I could hardly breathe. It was amazing. And I really wanted to photograph more, but it was so thick that it was clogging up my camera lens. And uh, I got worried eventually about the camera. Uh, but I did grab a couple of really pristine shots, I think. Really cool. You gotta use a fast shutter speed uh, to capture In 300 meters, your destination will be on the right. 300 meters, my destination will be on the right, huh? Okay. Let's see. It says no exits. That's probably a good sign. Your destination is on the right. Mono Cliffs Outdoor Education Center. See, I'm not sure where Mom wants me to go. Wait. Whoa, I can hardly get up this hill. That's kind of neat. I'm actually having trouble getting up this hill. Uh, I see lights down there. It's 10.15, so I'm either right on time. Oh, there they are. I see their lights. They just flash their lights at me. That's cool. <laughs> I, really, I really almost didn't get up that hill. Oh, bumpy, bumpy, bumpy road here. Where is this? I guess they just, oh, I see, they just parked kind of went randomly on the, there's nowhere else to go here. Hey, I've reached my destination. <laughs> Where can I park, right here? Yeah. How you doing? I almost didn't get up that hill. Yeah. Is that right, It was tricky. I said I did this one. I was going to send you a text and I thought that would probably put you right in the ditch. Yeah. Okay, so let me just get out and then I'll pause. Uh, wow, it's winter wonderland, eh? It is. I'm going to eat Good, how are you? You probably need a. I don't know, have you got one? Yeah, I've got a hat. Oh, good. 
Um, what say? Let's go turn this off in a minute and get ready. What were you going to say? Can everyone hear it? How, how, yeah. Okay. How was, um, how was the, oh, you got no snow down in Brampton, obviously. It started about um, a quarter of the way here. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> the highway's not too bad, but. This is the last 20 minutes it got like, wow. Yeah, it's yeah, just been non-stop yeah. and, the, you know, it's pretty hard to do anything with when it doesn't stop, right? Cool sounds. Okay, I'm going to turn this off. Talk to you in a minute. You even hear me? Hello. Okay, there we go. I didn't put my glove on. <laughs> you hold that. Say hello while you're holding hello. it. Hello, Dave's putting his glove on. So we've been working for an hour and we're totally lost. <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, it seems like a joke, but every time we go walking together, <laughs> yeah, we get lost. Snow is a great excuse. We are snow lost. The snow is a good excuse, and Mum pointed out that bafflingly, when you're walking on a trail in Canada, well, at least in Ontario, or at least on the Bruce Trail, they paint these vertical white lines on the trees to show your way, which in the winter are completely camouflaged by all the snow. <laughs> so it probably was a... Good idea when the leaves are out. Probably was a committee, a government committee, that decided on that color. <laughs> so I thought, well, why don't you... Because I don't even have anything in my head. What, why don't you tell me something about your trip? Go ahead there. Uh, the trip was from Miami to Europe but by way of sailing across the Atlantic on a cruise ship and then into the Mediterranean up the, the east coast of Spain, two stops, across the, the gap there past France into Italy and a few stops there. The end. The end. <laughs> I don't know. The idea of being on a boat to me is. I just had a flashback. I just thought of um, when Granddad had that Contessa. You know, the first thing I think about that sailboat. First thing I think about is seasick, seasick, and peanut butter and lettuce sandwiches, oh. which I thought were disgusting. Because I was already seasick. Who made them? I remember you really getting seasick, actually. I didn't really, but... Um, probably, probably his grandma. It was either grandma or grandpa had... Or granddad. Uh, made them. <laughs> this was a really gross combination to me. It oh. sounds like I had a, a close friend who would go to a restaurant and deliberately order peanut butter, lettuce, and mayonnaise. And uh, I see a lot of people doing peanut butter and bananas. I've never tried that, but those three, that was his standby. I love Johnny's idea of getting a hot dog bun, putting a, hot, a banana on it with peanut butter. Is that what he does? Nobody thought it up, I think. Yeah, because of banana, you have to slice the banana. Banana dog. <laughs> the dog. The PBN. I'd, I'd like to have a deep-fried Mars bar in a hot dog bun. Have you not tried one of those yet? Not yet. No, but I thought you've been in, no. in Britain. I, I have a wild moment sometimes. I have one very wild moment. Um, the first time we saw those, Larry, was uh, right downtown Nanaimo. 
just up one of the side streets, a big sign saying that, come in and have a deep fried whatever from Mars bar. And I thought, that is so disgusting <laughs> sounding. Do they batter it too? Gotta, yeah, yeah. better. <laughs> but it's got to be good. I mean, get your mind around that. It's probably incredibly good. Mm-hmm. It would just be like a Krispy Kreme donut with goo in the middle, chocolate bar goo. <laughs> and all soft and melty. So I was trying to describe last time I talked on this podcast about where you were in Venice, and I didn't understand it. Where we were in Venice? Yeah. Well, uh, the way the cruise is designed, you've got to tie up in a deep water port every single place you stop. So when we stopped for our trip to Rome and Pisa, there we were nowhere near it. We had to take buses to those to those two places. So in Venice, when when the ship docked, as close as they could get to the to the city that's on an island, they uh, it's a little strange for us because we've never been to a, an ancient city that has no traffic, zero vehicular traffic. It's just boats, just canals. That's it. So any transportation has to be over water. So we had to take a water bus from the ship to our first point of landing and then we walked from there. Now there's two parts to Venice. Part of it is right on the mainland in Italy but this part is the ancient and famous part. We've been here before. (laughs) Remember this? No. Today? No, not today. Oh, okay. Look at that. That's pretty, eh? Oh, yeah. There's a tire hanging from a tree. And an old, I just need that picture, Mom. Can you hold this for me? Just don't make, move it too much. It's the house I want. Yeah, well, get it. Okay. <laughs> and then leave it to me when you pass on to okay. mortal coils. When we shuffle. We even got a tire swing hanging oh, from shoot. a tree. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's, the ladder up yeah. the tree. Is it? There's, it's really Pretend one. still out today. The snow's just falling straight down. Beautiful. And it's not too cold. And it's not, yeah, it's not windy. Right. Hey, Mom. Oh, it's exposing on your jacket. There you go. Uh-oh. You're getting snow on your cone here. Snow cone. <laughs> okay, now we're walking for an hour and a quarter. Do you want to turn around? Well, I don't care. I you said just, 20 just minutes. So you know. Just so you know. Just so you know how far back it is. Gee, I wish I'm I had your, your cell phone, though. That would be really well, interesting. I've got mine. It's not much good. I think we're heading exactly back the same... Well, but way over this way, but... <clears throat> so, but what... I, I thought that you said that you were on a, like a mini Venice, like off in an island somewhere. Yeah, Is it an island? Yeah, that's what I was trying to describe. There's two parts to Venice. The part that's on the mainland in Italy is just a conventional old town yeah. with, you know, modern houses and, and not very noteworthy as far as tourists are concerned. But there is this ancient Venice that's out in the Adriatic 
sea. Across a causeway. And it, it has been slowly sinking for centuries, all the buildings. But it is just a tourist delight. Because it has a lot of art. Look at all the wood. Holy cow. There. So they show this a dead end right here. If we, oh. So you're just saying go here and then yeah, come back, sure. same way. And uh, oh, so uh, as as a as a non-educated tourist, I'm just looking at gondolas everywhere, guys with the flat hats, you know, with the ribbon down the back. And Even in the cold weather. This is February. Well, you're right. <laughs> and uh, it. it completely exaggerates every impression you might have had as kind of casually thought about Venice. But it's magnificent. Everything about it is just extraordinary. And it's so ancient. So we spent a couple of days walking because there are no roads. And we just uh, absolutely gobbled it up. You know one of the main attractions? What? Italian gelato. Italian ice cream. Ice cream. Oh my we had god. Breakfast one day. What's is it ice cream? Yeah. The best in the world. Oh. Not the yeah? best I've ever had, I don't know. Wow, what's it made of? Well you you get you get the big flavor burst. Like they put you know, magnificent Italian stuff it's in it. Incredibly creamy for one. Yeah. Spaghetti and but stuff. The, but the flavorings <laughs> the flavorings that they use are just pop your head off. Yeah. Just oh really, strong? Really yeah, well, it is land of cappuccino, I suppose. Oh, it's yeah. a strong flavor. It's pretty hard for us to get meat to eat ice cream on a cold morning at 10 o'clock, anywhere. Well, we walked a long way to get it. Another thing that's noteworthy about Venice is that there is a famous glassworks there where they design and, and blow and build glass sculptures. And it's, it's so colorful and creative. <laughs> we looked at one window for quite a while of displaying this stuff. It's called Murano glass. And the creations were nothing but insects made out of glass. Like sculpture like, of insects? For example, a spider with extraordinarily long legs that was over... But those legs are like the size of a, a straight pin. Oh, they're really delicate. Oh, mercy. And, of course, it's standing about six inches high over top of all the tiny sculptures. I, by the way, we bought a really cute little thing. It was expensive. It was a cat sitting on top of a glass fish bowl with a fish inside and with bubbles coming up from the fish. And all done in sculpted Murano glass. Wow. That, that's a really lovely keepsake. It's about, uh, I don't know how big it's about. Two, two or three inches? Yeah, two inches, sure. I'll take some what? pictures of it when I'm up. You bet, yeah. Oh, the door I love the last trip you went on, you brought me. Uh, <laughs> it's a giant cockroach, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a giant ceramic. Look at that. That's a. Uh, that's an osprey. Yeah. Is he coming this way? I'll take a picture. Can you hold that? Yeah. Come back. 
you describe <laughs> it? Huh? It's a hawk with two crows chasing it, as usual. The hawk must have some food that the crows want. Well, it may have robbed a nest. Or, oh, not a nest yet. Well, it's crows, God you never us. know. Yeah, too far away. Too bad. There's some really dramatic flight there for a second. Yeah. Well, I guess we're well and truly stuck. I think we'll have to go back. Okay, there's the little miniature stop sign this again. This is pretty though, this is horse country, look at all the... Uh, this is ever warm one. It is beautiful here. I don't want a place that open though, I'd like to have a lot more... I know, you want bush. Forest of land, oh. yeah. Mom and dad are looking for a property. Bush, yeah. yeah. That's a huge barn there, that, that's like commercial. Must have racehorses. So do you want a place with a barn? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, look at the horse running. It is. So yeah. we're on. I should describe where we are. So we're on a. Uh, where are we? We're on, at Monocliffs Trail, but we got lost and found a snowmobile trail. That's a much easier walking. It was really wide roadway. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard walking. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. So you got a pile of ski powder on top of sort of crunchy ice that is malformed to your. Step through and twist your ankle because you can't see. And then to that, who knows? And then, uh, but we're now on a nice smooth part, so let's go. <clears throat> but we're about to head back. We're, we're going back because we don't know where to go. We're just going to follow our own tracks, yeah. Dave, uh, I think, I mean, it, it wouldn't do you any much good to talk about it, but visually, when we get some pictures sent to you of, of Venice, you'll understand sort of what we're talking about. Yeah, so have you got a lot of pictures to go through? Oh, a little over a thousand. That's pretty good. <coughs> did you bring the, the Nikon or did you bring your little Oh one? yeah, no, I brought the Nikon. Nice. You know, uh, one of the odd things about this cruise was that the ship was simply being moved from North America to Italy for refurbishing. Cause that's where the ships are built. And... They have a certain shelf life, and then they're completely overhauled, top to bottom, and renamed. Huh. So this was the last cruise of this particular ship under its present name. So to commemorate the occasion, as we sailed up the last journey, up the Adriatic from the bottom of the boot of Italy, right up to Venice, which is on the East side. Austrian border, I guess, or Swiss, I don't know which. But anyway, uh, they decided to take a photograph of the entire crew. So they ordered them all to come from their workstations, all at the same time, up onto the upper decks. 1,500 crew members, including all the officers. And they and all the assembled. Yeah. Everybody was there. And even the cruise director. So they all gathered at the front of the ship in uniform. And we got a chance to take pictures of them. So then they invited uh, some of the passengers, whoever wanted, to come and pose with the crew as well. Uh, just to commemorate this last journey of the... This one was called the Destiny. So Patty went up onto the upper deck by the officers. And uh, we got a shot of her up there. Nice. With all these guys. We got to know more of the crew than anybody else because they're such wonderful people. How long did you say this trip was? 
18 days. On the ship? Yep. Nine days at sea to begin with, and then All right. some stops and some more days at sea. So you got to know some people? Well, especially the crew, because they're, they're usually from uh, another country, like not, not a North American country. They uh, are from 70 different countries. Wow. They told us that on the cruise. And uh, most of them that do the housekeeping are from Indonesia or from Filipinos, Philippines. And uh, officers are often Italian. The, certainly the captain was. And the guys who do the deck work are Russian. Uh, the people on the service desk would be typically Croatian. But it was just like that, you know, throughout the journey, you get to know them. And we always talk to them about their country of origin. They're a lot smarter than most of these passengers because they have sailed the world and they know at least two languages. Wow, eh? But they're treated like somehow they're subservient. But they don't call, they don't care, they're bigger than that. Huh. And the routinely, the staff. Uh, the crew, all these 1500 crew which is common on a, one of the big cruise ships like that like those um, they work for 10 months straight every day like literally not a day off no days off for 10 months and then they get two months off to go home and visit with their family and a lot of them of course are married all of them have kids little kids that sounds pretty horrible to me yeah, oh, it is yeah. Hor oh it is horrible that's why I admire them so much is the it's person a, it's a life because they would otherwise be unemployed so and they send money back to the, and the support their and families send, wherever and they are they send their money home yep whatever they get I'm not, we're not even sure what they get paid they get pretty humble digs on board the ship they're on the very bottom below deck one uh, they have a window they work routinely uh, 10 hour days. Yeah. It's not all solid though. No, no time off. Yeah, but it's split up. Their work is periodic throughout the day. Yeah. I remember you uh, <laughs> making sure to set the record straight with me about your views on people who go on cruise boats all the time versus your traveling patterns. So. <laughs> So I wanted to point that out because uh, you're, <clears throat> in case anyone makes any mistake that you're like cruisers, just <laughs> yeah. park yeah. on a boat. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, I think I would discuss this with you. We don't just cruise because we don't, we're afraid of traveling. We love traveling, uh, but we do it the other way too. And you know, last September, we spent three weeks in France on our, under our own steam with a car rental and all our accommodation set up by us before we went. Just completely having a, you know, a wild holiday on our own. And we love that too. But the cruise is just another aspect to traveling, which lends you the opportunity to get to a lot of places. You know, far, far, far apart just by stepping off the ship. You yeah. walk right into Venice. Literally, almost practically, you have to take a water boat to get to land, but you literally walk into Barcelona right off the ship. 
That's got to be like a drag, you know? like magic mirror. Yeah, oh. especially if you're if you've just sailed in and you can hear the ship docking in the early wee hours. Then when you wake up, you're in another country or another city. So it's just another aspect of traveling that we happen to kind of enjoy. Well, I guess so. It's yeah. very luxurious. Is it? Oh, oh extraordinarily luxurious. Like, uh, there are uh, endless amounts of entertainment on board, but we choose to make our own entertainment. We'll We'll take a little bit of food, but we won't go to the dining rooms, you know. We never buy the expensive booze on board. That's just a no-no. No? Yeah. We take our own. Oh, yeah? We smuggle it You have on. to smuggle it, yeah, because... How do you do that? Most of, their pro <laughs> most of the profits on a cruise come from what people spend on board. I've got a patented uh, method that Pete and Jackie introduced us to, or thought up, anyway, because <clears throat> we both... We all cruised for the first time together. So what we do is take an empty wine bottle because we make our own wine, all of us. Yeah, but they're well. not sanctioned. You're allowed to take one bottle of wine. Yeah, but ours isn't wine. <laughs> it's liquor. And then we put a cork in. We cork it like it was a bottle of wine. We put the little plastic thing on top <laughs> just to make it look legitimate. My parents work for the CIA. And, and this isn't going on your podcast. Oh, yes, it is. Keep going. <laughs> well, the worst of the camouflage was that there were two water bottles like you would have while you're hiking. But they're a liter each. They were full of vodka. <laughs> and then there was a mouthwash. That was another liter. And that was full of rum. <laughs> and then to avoid buying the expensive mixes, we took... Kool-Aid crystals. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> For mix. <laughs> One was mango peach, <laughs> which I'll never, ever taste again for the rest of my life. So these two Canadian retirees, hey, wife, pass the mango peach. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Cool. Yeah, we're in our cabin. That sounds like a good Ed and Ethel to me. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like a good name for this. Pass the mango piece. So um, we, ran, we yeah. ran out of booze at the end of the 18 days. So we're we're up on the deck and we're thinking, oh shit, yeah, let's go and get a drink. So $18 later, we've had a Heineken each. And yeah. I think the day before we had one, or two glasses of wine. That would have been $34 each. So yuck. That about the water bottles today was uh, the lady who we deal with for our insurance. Ah, good one. She's a she's a cruiser as well. And she's just she's, she's a, a young. smuggler. She's about I don't know, not even mid forties maybe. And she was saying that's what she does. She buys a, fills a water bottle or two or three <laughs> full of uh, liquor and, and smuggles it on board because the they scan everything, but you can't. They scan your luggage, and if they decide that what you've got is smuggling, they'll take the luggage and leave it aside. You have to come down, open it up, show them what you've got, and then they'll charge you a corkage fee to take it from them. Cork this? Yeah, that's what we thought. <laughs> or they'll say, oh, it's okay, we'll hold on to it till, you, till the cruise is over, and then you can come and collect it. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't take it off. 
They must have a big party after that. Okay, okay I'm gonna take, I'm gonna pause for a minute because I have a song, I forget what one. I think it's really obnoxious though. <laughs> Let's review some recent facts. I make decent cash, I'm a minor star. And we can't last if she don't drive a hybrid car. I scribble vapid raps on your flyer backs. The word is I purchased a refurbished Mac G4. Pull up to critical mass and a gas guzzling Ford. Just to ask you when next your rock outfit performs. Before you tell me the facts, I'm down the road yelling back. Please post it on the Whole Foods bulletin board. I'd earn a lick of respect and slum heart for sure. But I threw out my lumbar picking up checks. I'm so numb, Lord, yes, despite how I'm blessed. I'm destined to end up a slum, Lord, depressed. Come by, poorly dressed, your address on the first. I'm something under my breath that half resembles some words. And like a bird in a suit cut for a brutish bear. Back out of there, bowing like a Jew in prayer. I'm never sure. This first world curse A steady hurt And a sturdy purse A small dark bard I'll give an inch to start Then leave you home dreaming of the whole nine yards Leave you home dreaming Believing that you'd seen me Loose skin breathing like a cathedral at evening Screaming like a demon in the Garden of Eden Missing what parts the distort in its beak brings But even what an evil man is really pinking on his insides doesn't mean you shouldn't pull his card out so what if a man blinks in morris code while he sings if he sings his heart out everybody's gotta get paid i'd say far out no way frankly i'd be amazed but a patriot would save the day make the hitch out cia what's bad what's good a complicated man is misunderstood even to himself acutely unaware what's in a shallow breath of air and long exhale of something else Instant drip sank a mud New corpus publicist Thanks ya bud As hundred bucks worth of wordy blogger thugs Come forth forthwith to four seasons of flood To morbidly orbit your toilet Like hornets abuzz Forming above like buzzers in love When you first wake up Spitting sick from the gut And shitting black blood at six And you wonder why I'm high up Sitting up the blundering braggart From a covered wagon Spitting onto the vagrants and gutters What does it make me evil? Am I a feeble deranged fuck? Cause Jesus would and I would not Drive the needle exchange truck Well if I'm out of luck I'm still pitching notes through this throat Pissing fears and hopes Through the ears of folks listening No matter what Batter up enough of this nonsense You can gather up the contents Of the catcher's cup and suck Do you kneel and squint your eyes And cup your hands against the window Just to see who rides To get a glimpse inside the limo Respect and exercise some tact while I supply the info that you lack. One must pay the frat fee to enjoy the fat free snacks. Strippers, roofies, and six packs, and groupies with big breasts sending out mass texts asking who's next to get his lance waxed in the wickedest sex act. Step back from the stretch, Mac, and mind the gap. With all due respect, sir, there's a limited cap. You'll need a ticket to kick it in the back of this rented, tinted out black Cadillac. But I can tell by your polo slacks, a bagels and blank stare. You're good for the total package and game to be back there. But who am I to judge a man's heart by his yacht wear? And it scares me to death, yes, that I'm starting to not care. Mm -hmm. 
seed of what you are A filthy silk stashed in a white silk sash Or a doula dove smashed in an airplane crash It's a very nice quality. Oh, let me feel it. It's an RX100 Sony. Oh my goodness, and it's metal. <clears throat> this app here, you see, it shows it's called, um, what's it called, first of all? Moves. And you see the little green balls? Yeah. That's how much I walked in a day relative oh, to the each day. Right. So on this day, Clever. I walked 9,000 steps. And do you know what day that was? Yeah, sat, sat last Saturday, oh. or the Saturday before. Well, whenever I went out last. Wow. And it says where, it even says... Uh, yeah. What they suggest you do is march off okay. uh, some, something like 50 strides three times. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks. Can I get you some drinks? I think we're having coffee. Coffee, please, yeah. I think someone didn't... didn't uh, I think she's talking to somebody Oh, you're talking to somebody else. Was you helping? I thought, yeah, that's time. It's an assumption. Walk into a coffee shop. Seems like it. It's what I want to hear, though. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I do. They, uh, so you, they suggest you do these fifty strides three times, and then measure them, and then count the number of steps and the average, see how long your stride is. Right. And then you can you can get a pretty accurate measurement of what the nine thousand steps means. Well, this tells you the distance, too. So um, it even trail marks where you've been. It's a little it's, path. It's gps Yeah, yeah. It's a little path of where I walked. Where was this, anyway? That's, that's dry. It even records drive. It's, so you see, it, it has your day here. So we're back. So I started in, that's where, I, that's where I live. Walked to two minutes to get to the car. Transport 15 minutes to here, Ontario. I was getting Tim Hortons. Three minutes transport, 41 minutes transport walk. And, oh, no, this was a Saturday, so this is where I did my hike. That's so my hike. So you tell when you're walking, when you're in a car, somehow. Yeah, it, it just because of the speed you're driving at. Oh, of course. See? What if you're a fast runner? <laughs> you're awfully fast. Quite a few steps. See, here's where I, I think this is where I walk. Unbelievable. I don't even know what, exactly what that means. I don't know what, what I was doing that day. What was I doing last week? Thank you. This is good. It's nice. Are we eating anything? Uh, I can eat. Do you want to eat? It'll be on me. A little bit, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's about Larry No, I know, but you don't eat a lot. No, that's right. You just gotta have something in a place like this. Oh, I know. I'm just gonna ask her if she's got some milk for the microphone. Is there milk? No, it's Yeah, so I haven't really checked how accurate this is, but it's fun to get a little picture of every day. So if I go to the beginning here. Say that every day I can see how much I walk. So this is a day at work. Those are each of those are days. Right? Yeah. So two thousand steps on Tuesday. So two thousand steps. That's like two thousand two thousand yards, isn't it? Roughly. Yeah, sure. That's a lot more walking than I would have thought. That's well, over a mile. Monday, twenty nine hundred. Tuesday, twenty eight hundred. Wednesday, forty one hundred. Thursday, nineteen hundred. Yesterday, 4,000 steps. That's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It always intrigued me that. Like, you know, it's so... Because there's a step is about a, is about a yard. Step is about a yard? Well, it would be in Dave's case. In your case. So that's Mike? like 2,000 yards. From heel to heel, that's at least a yard. Thank you. Yeah, my steps are longer. It's really funny when I walk beside someone who's quite short, because you listen to the sound of it, it's like clomp, 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 and then clomp, 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 clomp. clomp. Yeah, that's the way it was when we were alongside. What's a Western again? Oh, so good. That's what I'm having, what you just said. Oh, it's delicious. I love Your mom used to make it. Yeah, right here in the... Yeah, I think it has a soup. Oh, I didn't sure. Just There's something about diner coffee that is just... I thought you guys were you. I am, but I just... Thank you. Oh, and you're out. Are we all to order? Yeah, I'm going to have a Western, please. Toasted or an omelet? Toasted. Toasted on white or brown? Brown, please. Any home fries with that or salad? No, that's just good on its own. Thank you. I'll have the soup of the day, please. Soup, okay. Did you order a little Western? I'll the same. Yeah, just a Western on brown? Sure. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this has got a really good win. Carl's Icelands, yeah. Um, it's, it's a 1.8, so you can get really low light and really short depth of field. So, and I'll show you here. If I'm shooting, watch something, just throw something in here. here. Yeah. So if I shoot this creamer here on its macro setting, let's make sure it's actually at 1.4 though. 1.8? 1.8. Gary's got the lens that does 1.4. It has a really severe depth of field. Oops. I like that. It's not always good, but I like it a lot. A, 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 a really narrow depth of field, yeah. Field. The Wonderful. Right yeah. here, it's yeah. very narrow, like, yeah. even. No light. 
Yeah. Let me see my aperture here. Uh, aperture. So that's at ISO 80. It's a 3.5. How do I go down? Oh, there we go. So there's 1.8 right there. And now I'm probably only getting... Yeah, because even the rim's out of focus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is really, really sweet. That's a 1.8. I've got a 1.4 Canon lens. Does that... Can you get an adapter so it works with your Nikon? Still, can you not use it? I don't know. Can I use it? In, Unless on I your electronic? It on the old film camera. Well, you, you need an adapter. Is it, is and you'd have to meter it yourself. It? No, you'd have to meter it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a lot of use for it. It shoots a little light. Gary loves that. He, he yeah. a really different personality with that shot. Did you, um, did you give uh, uh, Jake that, that light meter? What light meter? Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think it's probably... Who did you give that old, old camera to? Me. The oh, Pentax? Yeah. So, so there's a story there. Will has it. I gave it to Will years ago. Oh, no. But I, he just mentioned it. He says, oh, yeah, I've got this bag of old camera stuff. And I said, that's the old Pentax. He didn't even know probably what it's from. No, and I said, bring it back. You're never going to use it. So he's going to bring it with him. Good, all the lenses, the, all the, uh, the little light meters. So, the light meters with it. Like and I said, that, Dad would enjoy that seeing that again. So you get it all back. That's what I shot all those pictures in 74 with. I know. Is that right? Eh? Reading, reading the little yeah, light yeah. meter. And I was telling the story of where I shot Gary's wedding with it and didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I used a flash, a separate boot flash. You got a little curtain down the middle of every shot. Le the right side or the left side was completely washed out, and blown out. Every single shot. And, you know, there'd be these guys standing there, nice bridesmaids standing there, and looking, and then half of them are washed out like acid. And he laughed, he laughed. I showed them the pictures, we were in blacks together, and he looks with me, and, you're going, and we look. You're going to walk, yeah. His wife was there, a new wife. Lynn? Lynn was there, and he howled, laughing, laughing. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But she didn't laugh. She so, was really she horrified. She would be horrified, but you, I'll tell you what, he only had half a wedding. He was probably pretty horrified, too, to tell you the truth. He probably was laughing out of panic. I know, uh, Almost identical experience that I told you about. The what? At Mile and Jane's wedding. Yes. At almost identical. But you know, you would know probably in those days that you had to sync the, the shutter speed to shoot flash. Well, or to shoot you camera. taught you taught me that, and I just couldn't. I must have got flustered because I knew that I had to set the Big shutter. Pressure. It is big pressure, but I knew that I had to set the shutter at a six. I actually had a little X, if I remember yes. right. Yeah. That was just under a... Right on top of the eye, yeah. Yeah, it was just under a 60th or something, right? They shot at 60th, and then they went to 125. Okay. So what I did was I metered every shot and set the shutter speed to whatever it had to be. Worse, yeah. And then and used the flat. And I can't quite figure out the logic of what why there's a band of bright... Like, I know it's the shutter that's causing it, but what's happening? Is the shutter the flash going too off. fast? No, the shutter actually moves from left to right. It's just a curtain. That's why it was left to right. Yeah. So is it... Well, it, 
exposing and then flash and then it's still open? Exactly. So it's flashing while it's open. Sure, the lens doesn't care. Like it says, oh, this is going to be at this speed and at this aperture. But is it that it doesn't wait until it's all the way open before a flash goes? Or why is it? No, it's it's actually doing the flash while the shutter's open. The, the difficulty is it's exposed for because you know it should go over here. Yeah, but like so Dave's saying, why is there a, a, a curtain right down the middle? Why isn't it all just dark or all just white? Yeah, so it would be like you know, like that's exposed right and this isn't. So that means to me that the shutter was on its way back or something when the flash went off, right? So there's some more or right. some of it was exposed oh, yeah. perfectly. Yeah. And well, then the flash would depend on what your shutter speed was. Yeah. Because when it's synced, it does exactly that. Open, click, close. That's just what it should be in so, microsecond, 60 of a second. So it must have been opening. Right. <laughs> and then the flash goes off. No, or, no, no, before the Or the opposite. While the it flash fully is open, going off. And as it's closing, the flash went off. That's what it was. That's what it was. Because I've got this nicely exposed shot, and then it's closing, and flash. <laughs> Just to wreck half the picture each time. Yeah. Oh, God, it was painful. It was so horrifying. I'll never live that down. And you know what? Something else funny is I was chatting with Gary online and uh, not even that long ago. I wasn't, I guess it was that long, because I just discovered his photography hobby. I didn't even really know. And so it was well. And I was giving him some kind of smarmy advice about it, because I figured he didn't know anything, right? I was, uh, oh, you know, I was being patronizing about lenses. I don't know what I was talking about. And uh, he says, yeah, well, you, you did shoot my wedding, so you know what you're talking about. Oh, that hurts. Oh, it was like twisting the knife. Well, I deserved it for sure, because he's, 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 quite, he's quite skilled. But... Um, what I would like, uh, the next wave of cameras, which I won't happen for years, will be um, a full-frame sensor because um, all, the, all the DSLRs now, the, the affordable ones, have tiny little sensor. Like, and we're talking about right. that. <clears throat> but the, the re- serious ones have a full frame, which is, which is just like film. It's the same size as film, so you get all those photons, so you get beautiful, noise-free Really beautiful stuff. So how does that little miniature sensor uh, actually take a picture? Is it where you can get in there? Well, this is why all the lenses don't work. You get lens. That's why the lenses don't read the same because they're, they're reducing the picture down to a different size. So you know the uh, 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 seventy to three hundred. Well, actually no, because that's real. But my eighteen to fifty-five isn't eighteen to fifty-five. Literally, it's eighteen to fifty-five converted. It would be. Uh, you know, 30 to 150 or two, to 200 or something. So there's that number is different because it's shrinking the. It's it's. So, I mean, it's like it's like the aperture small. I don't. Sort of. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. Uh, and I don't even know really what. I don't quite understand it at all. Except that I know that the sensor is smaller, so therefore the lens is matching the small sensor. So you can't take that lens and put it on a full-frame camera. Right. But you can do vice versa, so I'm not it's sure what... It's too much lighter. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. But I do know that the real, the real serious guys use the full-frame, and I've been looking at Lorenzo's shots, and 
Is he good too? Yeah. Well, he does real estate, so he goes on oh, cruises. Does he? I didn't know he was a real. Is he a realtor? Real, I think he's a real estate photographer, or or both. It's a nice job. I mean, it's a mindless job. But yeah. it's, it's an easy one to do that would be you know, stress free. So you have a superior? Yes, please. And both are the same, right? Yes, yeah. thank you. Wow. Great. Cool. Small oh, yes, please. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Please. Great. Holy moly. What? That's a weapon. Okay, I'll pause while we eat. saying goodbye. I don't know if I succeeded or not. Can you hear me? A little closer. How's that? How about that? How about that? Um, and so I'm just heading home now. It was uh, really hard walking in that snow. It's hard to describe. I did come up with one analogy and it was like, imagine walking through deep snow and then every second or third step, somebody who's down at your ankle level is smacking your feet to the left or to the right so that you lose your so that you lose your step. It's so annoying and you almost twist your ankle every few steps. It's really awkward. It's kind of icy but sometimes the ice crunches through and so yeah, it's like ah that was frustrating. And I didn't find anything to photograph at all except for my mom. I photographed her in a couple of places. Um because I wanted to pose next to this stop sign. Uh, so I got some sh this little miniature stop sign for... There was a snowmobile trail that we ended up walking along. And uh, it has its own cute little stop signs. <laughs> I'd never heard of this before. It was really funny. It's probably to slow them down from uh, crossing areas where there might be people walking or something. I don't know. It wasn't... Snowmobiles weren't part of my life growing up, but... Uh, there was a this guy that used to kind of bully me. What was his name? Tom. Tom Sanford. And I'm sure he's a great guy now. You know how that always happens. You, people who were jerks in your childhood grow up to be normal people. And uh, he just was kind of... He, he was... So we lived at, at the farmhouse back at Chubb Creek. And... I was, when we moved out of there, I would have been 15 or something, 15, 16. So we moved in when I was about 10 and I left. So it was only six years, really, of time, all of this. But during that time, I remember uh, this guy who lived in the house down the road. Houses are so far apart in this kind of territory, you know. They're all farmhouses. So they're miles apart, but he was our neighbor, so to speak though his house was a mile down the road on the other side of the other road and he had an older brother and a really mean I know his dad was really mean because I could hear even across the field I could hear when Tom was getting in shit and his dad was swearing and yelling and I could hear Tom defending himself and saying it wasn't my fault whatever you know really upset and screaming and crying and it just looked like a torturous now I feel bad, feel really bad for him 
but when we inevitably hung out together, he was kind of mean to me, and he used to, he was older than me by a couple of years, maybe even a year, and he was big enough that he could wrestle me down, and I couldn't, I could never beat him, and he was always bugging me, always kind of going too far, you know, being a little bit cruel to me, even though he was trying to, uh, under the artificial kind of illusion of a friendship, you know, but to him, he might have been, you know, maybe he considered himself my friend, but uh, I remember one time he was wrestling with me, he had me on the ground, we were playing around, but then he got too rough, and uh, I hated it, because he just wouldn't, he would go a little too far, and he wouldn't let me up, and I remember mom walking out of the house, and I remember yelling, mom, get this asshole off me, you know, it was a humiliating little moment, uh, you know, and I only would have been about maybe 14, 13, and, you know, and, uh, I don't know how did I get onto this, I have no idea how I got onto this subject, because there was a point, it's because, dumbass, you were talking about snowmobiles, and the only snowmobile you've ever been on was when you were on the back of Tom's snowmobile, and you hated the fact that it didn't coast, it's just when you stopped the throttle, the thing just stopped, and it bothered you, <laughs> But, um, you know, eventually that all ended and I left. We moved somewhere else and uh, all the years go by. And I remember he Facebook friended me, this guy, Tom. And even though he's probably a real decent guy now, I just couldn't let it go. And I, and I uh, you know, I let him, I think I said yes or maybe I didn't even say yes. Uh, Facebook is kind of everyone's front top shelf awareness right now is Facebook for for uh, for everybody it's kind of the it's a focus of social activity that it's kind of bizarre that it's happened but it has even for people my age um, Facebook is kind of there and it's how people get in touch now and so I just couldn't let it go I couldn't uh, I wasn't interested And on top of that, I enjoy Facebook for actually connecting with people that I like uh, and want to interact with. I don't love the idea of having people who are sort of just acquaintances. Because, you know, I don't talk to acquaintances about all the stuff that I want my friends to know about. Yeah, so, um, I really wish I knew why I got onto that subject because I think there was more to that. thoughts just kind of thread back and forth. I saw an article on Facebook that says, uh, it was on Gizmodo or Gawker, I forget which, and essentially it was like saying, um, I gotta move this away, this is cops. Um, the one thing you shouldn't do on Facebook is go to an acquaintance's Facebook page, click their photos, and flip through every single photo until you get to the very last photo from, you know, like years and years ago, and then click the like button on that picture, letting everyone in your cascading sphere of, of, of friends, including theirs, know 
that you have just perved their whole their whole photo collection uh, and been extremely extremely uh, creepy. It's funny about Facebook, you know. It's just so invasive, and, and it's never clear exactly who knows what you're doing unless you really spend some time to figure out what's going on. It was my have to laugh because people know so little about it uh, that they fall through all these little tr- little tricks people play. So right now there's this thing going around that says um, Facebook's privacy laws are changing. If you want to protect yourself, please choose my profile, go to my privacy settings, turn off updates, turn off photos, and turn off likes. Essentially what the prank is doing is it's alarming people into following these steps. Because <laughs> then it says, and then I will do the same and make sure all your friends do the same. So what it's doing is making it so that you completely isolate yourself so that you never, no one will ever hear from you again. None of your friends will ever hear any of your posts again and they won't, and, and you won't see any of theirs is what it does. And it's kind of funny, you know, if you, if you don't think about it and you just do these instructions, you essentially put an iron box over yourself and you'll never be heard from again. But, uh, but other than that, I, you know, other than those kind of creepiness about Facebook, I do, I do like the fact that everyone uses it so that you're guaranteed to be able to connect with people on it, so... say it was like a two and a half hour walk but all of the ups and downs made it feel like a lot more just a real heavy it's almost like being on this uh, flight of stairs for a couple of hours almost it's good good exercise truly needed anyway I just wanted to uh, wrap this up and say hello and goodbye and sorry I haven't been uh, podcasting very frequently but what I've noticed is that uh, in the long scheme of things, uh, often you're listening to this years down the road, and no time has passed for you, so it doesn't matter, does it? So, um, I'll sign off. Remember that I love you, and I hope everything's going well for you on this fine March the 16th, 2013. Take care of yourself and make sure that you do that thing that you've been meaning to do. Do the thing. Do the thing now while you're thinking about it. Go do that before you forget. Okay? All right. Bye. Bye.